Porsche, Ford GT, Ferrari, Corvette. The battle is on for the EMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship at Virginia International Raceway. Don't miss the Michelin GT Challenge, August 23rd through 25th. Tickets at VIRnow.com. That's VIRnow.com. Cinematic Universe entry. Jay Williams. Yeah, okay. Do you have a do you have you figured out your catchphrase yet? Your opening catchphrase? I I like to say You can't take mine. It's it's the party. <laughs> what? Like, like, what do I say? I say like welcome to the party or like it's a party or something like that. <laughs> I just picture you like listening to post Malone right before you record just so you can No. Get in the zone. I think one of my things, and the reason why I say I think is because I've only done it twice. I'll put like a little clip, an audio clip of something as the intro music is starting. The first time I did it, I was just being a hype man and I was auto-tuned. So it was just like in the background reverb. Let's get it as the song like drops in, you know. And then this past week, it was some of the audio from that R. Kelly thing that I did. It was just him going... (laughs) <laughs> 30 years of my career or whatever he says at the top <laughs> the, the way ryan snelling feels about like discovering autotune now and how fun it is is like me five years ago so and i, I like that it makes me happy thank you uh we're here to discuss captain marvel in its entirety what it means for the marvel cinematic universe spoilers Ooh. are an absolute go so if you haven't seen the movie get out or if you're like Brando, who just had the entire plot spoiled for him by choice. Voluntarily, yeah. You can listen to this podcast, and maybe it'll help you out. Uh, you know, sort of gauging where we are in the MCU. So this is the show I want to call Test Results, and we're just going to talk about how we feel after the fact. You can consider it a review, but that's not entirely the point of this discussion. Um, yeah. So, Captain Marvel Test Results. Jay, you know. You don't go to the movies, but you know, three or Never. four times a year. That's not true. I went a record a number of times last year. How many was that? I don't fucking know. I've got CT. How am I supposed to remember? Like eight, maybe more. You're gonna have to do something about this memory. Like, not not that you can heal CTE, That's but right. take some fucking ginkgo biloba or something. What is it called? The, ginkgo? This CTE, <laughs> the CTE thing. It's played, Jay. You say it all the time. Yeah, well. Depression super in right now. No, in five more years, it's a CTE great depression be really in. is in. Uh, That's right. CTE is a great, um, it's a great excuse it's a, it's to a not be able to recall, excuse. especially when I need to know how many times you were in a theater last Men year. Men, just in general, they're they're like stereotypically more forgetful. So, so this is just our chance now to make it a, a mental handicap. I don't think I guess. I don't think there's any way that I could forget Captain Marvel because it's like like if somebody was a terrible sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but if somebody was just really bad at reading, couldn't they just make up the fact that they were dyslexic? He's mm. like, yeah, I'm dyslexic. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I mean maybe I'm not gonna work on that anymore. But can you can you fake autism? I mean 
I mean, Dustin Hoffman did <laughs> in Rain Man. Okay. <laughs> but yes, the answer is yes, you can. Yeah, but he was also getting paid. I don't know if anybody would go through like yeah. the links to <laughs> recreate autism perfectly. Uh, I don't know. It's not worth Isn't it. Isn't that that Johnny Knoxville movie, The Ringer? Also, somebody, part of it, yeah. Um. Anyway. Simple Jack. So, there's no way that I'm going to be able to forget Captain Marvel for the sake of this conversation because the movie's only been out for two days. This uh, this is the third day, and I've seen it two of those three days. So, I'm feeling pretty good about this conversation here. Uh, we both saw it Thursday night, and then I saw it again on Friday. Um, we sat in the same theater, but at different times. Is that correct? I guess so. Did you, you sit in the IMAX theater? I did. Absolutely. That's the only theater I see movies in. That was my first go what at row? the IMAX. What, what row did you sit in? Uh, the first night was... Uh, I don't remember. I sat in row D. Seats one and two. All the time. Every time. D? What, D is the last row of the front section, right? It's, no, that's in the RPX theater. Yeah, okay, it's, the, so, it's the first row in the... So I said, okay, so in the IMAX section. theater, the first night I went, I sat in row E, and then the second night I sat in row D, but in the RPX theaters, which is the last row of the first section. Okay. No, this is uh, like you got you got seats, mm-hmm. and then you got the handicap seats, and then there's that big floor, right. and then it goes down. Right. And I sit on the end every single time so that I can pee freely. Yeah. Not that really that's an issue in the IMAX theater. I did want to talk about this for a second because the first night I did go by myself, which I don't mind. I, it might be a little weird, but I, I get over it very quickly. And did you learn something about yourself? That's my No, whole, I go see movies by myself all yeah. the time. So um, it was the first time I saw IMAX in that theater, and it was it was different. It was different. And I've been to RPX a million times at Regal at the same theater, and I've been to Cinemark XD, which is also a similar vibe. But there was just something different about the way this movie played for me. It really, really, I don't know. I felt like I never could see a movie outside of that theater ever again. But right. what's funny is I saw it in RPX the very next night and then kind of couldn't tell a difference. <laughs> but, uh, you know. The seats enough. are definitely nicer in the IMAX theater. I don't see. I don't think that's true. Really, you're, you're it, when in the RPX theater you have two cup holders, one for like the the armrest um, benefits both people on either side because right. you each have your own cup holder. You're not as on on top of each other. Right, you're more that. on top of each other. There's one cup holder in the armrest for the IMAX. So just by yeah. default, I don't think there's any way that it's more comfy. I, I think, think I feel like the seats are a little bit wider. You get to lean back a little bit more. They have the leg rests at the IMAX. And but they do at the RPX. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah. Well. Everything you're saying. Well, I've got CT. I, I, so the Yeah, I think the RPX seats are wider too. <laughs> well, I've got CT, but uh the curved the curved screen, does it have a curved screen? Not that that really means anything. No. Um to be fair, I didn't know the IMAX did either. Oh, you didn't notice that? No. Yeah. They in IMAX they used to give you special tickets. Like yeah, I did I, get I got like a, a whole thing. I didn't get shit. I got like an index card. I didn't get shit. Why didn't I get anything? Have you ever gotten one for any movie that you've been there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got one for Thor Ragnarok. I got I have two. I have Kayla's as well. And I got one for Justice Justice League. Maybe maybe they ran out. I don't know. Horse shit. Yeah. Give me my free thing. So 
I reviewed the film. I've seen it twice. You've had a couple of days yourself to to think on it. So where are we are, where are we at with, uh, with this Captain Marvel thing? How are we feeling about it? What stands out to you the most, positive or negative? Like, what's the number one thing that you're thinking of right now? The number one thing is is two things, and it's it's because they I can't not think about this movie without thinking about these two things. One, I think the movie did a fantastic job showcasing how badass of a character captain marvel is yeah um like i walked out of that movie thinking she is without a doubt no questions asked not even close in my opinion the most powerful hero that we've seen in the mcu and and the movie did a great job at showing that and and i like that um but the other thing that i can't escape from is that i just thought this thing was directed super poorly like really 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 bad actually not really? not, not not bad in the way where it's like should get razzies or it made it a bad movie but it's it was so glaring that's what sticks out to me like even like usually i don't think something's badly directed until i think about it after the fact as I was watching the movie, I thought to myself, like, what is happening so, here? So why is that? Are you talking about, like, a pacing issue, a tone issue? Are you talking about, like, an uninspired visual flair to Ev- it? Everything. Everything. Um, all of all of the above. The Just pa- the organization of this film. The pacing was... The pacing was really wonky. I thought it drug a lot in the, in the second act of the movie. Um, some points were better than others, but also just, like... Some of the the editing decisions that were made, like I thought, were actually kind of janky. Like there was that um, there was a conversation between Carol and Nick Fury in that diner, and it just felt really s- stiff. And I don't know, it just felt strange. Like certain things just really stuck out to me. That like the dialogue from time to time felt felt more dry than that i think it was a very strange it's like before they sit down yeah when they approach each other when he comes from behind the bar it was that was kind of shot yeah in a, in a very weird way the blocking of it or something it was just yeah and it was cut really fast like there it was like certain segments of more conversation were just cut out of it yeah it was, it was just weird and and i think more than anything is it it just it stands out in a Marvel movie because certain things like we can talk about villain problems and we can talk about, you know, the storylines are very similar and all this other stuff uh, with Marvel movies, but I've never really had a lot of technical issues with Marvel films other than maybe like CGI stuff. Yeah. Um, which some of the CGI was a little bit weird too. Again with the goo, Anytime there's goo in movies, like why can't we figure this out? What goo are you talking about? She's in some goo, and uh, when she's talking to the what high priestess or whatever that supreme intelligence, yeah, S- supreme supreme intelligence, the teenage witch, yeah, that it she's in some goo, and it and it bothered me. But that's not that's like a very <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I ever thought that, that was Just like clearly awful or anything. But everybody talked about the opening act of the movie being like really rough Ralph Lenardic and some other people I had heard. I didn't have that issue. I actually kind of enjoyed the opening act of the movie. Yeah, I agree 100%. That's something that I mentioned in my review. It actually felt different like from other Marvel stuff I've ever seen before. It 100% did. I totally agree with that. So I don't think it really dragged 
ever. I'm not going to lie. I don't think the second act drugged all that much. I mean, there was a lot going on. The trip to Pegasus, uh, the trip to Louisiana, and all that jazz. I thought that was moving uh, pretty pretty fluidly. I think it it just had so much going on, and it had to do so much that I think I think it could easily get discombobulated. And I don't think that it was poorly directed, per se, but I don't think there's anything special about it at the same time i think there's some really really cool moments i loved the way that the sort of the mind scrubbing i I love the way that was portrayed how she could actually like interact with her memory while also hearing ben mendelson over like talk to her i love the way that was done you like the representation of whatever tool they were using to do that i just i just loved all of those decisions i thought it was really really cool the uh, the other thing I liked quite a bit was how cool the explosion looked that took over her body. Yeah, I agree. I thought that was maybe the most stunning sequence of the I whole agree. movie. It looked fucking great. That felt more like... <laughs> it's funny how certain Marvel movies as of late, it seems like they like their special effects or CGI teams are just like sharing the same templates like we would for <laughs> stuff because it, it felt very Thor Ragnarok to me that like so many colors and yeah it just looked a lot different from the rest of the movie um while i guess while we're talking about how complex everything was and how dense uh the movie was in terms of the story they were trying to tell one of the unfortunate things that i think happened with this movie that i'm not really going to blame anybody for because it's just kind of how these movies are is that so as somebody that knew who Captain Marvel was and knew what she was capable of most of the movie. It, it was kind of a bummer to watch because she was so underpowered. Yeah. Like if you think about it to her knowledge, her only ability was the fact that she could fire things out of her hand. Right. And so this entire time, like she didn't actually fly, learn how to fly until the very end of the movie. Right. Which is fine. But then once that switch flips, you kind of realize that she's under no threat at all. Like there might as well have not been a villain in this movie because no one that she came up against could have even remotely stood a chance. <clears throat> right. Like, and Brando, uh, in my, <laughs> in me telling him the whole plot of the movie, he asked me who the villain was. And I said, well, it was, it was Jude Law, and at one point you think it's Ben Mendelsohn, but they ne- and so he was like, so was Jude Law like super? Pa-? No, no, he wasn't. He he was probably. I actually don't even know what he is. He just you kind of had I mean? a weapon, like he might <laughs> he, as well just had a fight. gun. He fought yeah. her at the beginning. Yeah, um, and but other than that, it's like nobody ever really stood a chance. Right, and, and that's that's not even like a huge issue with but, the movie. But that's part of the story, though. Part of yeah, the story is for that sure. They're kind of just like this operative team right and there's nothing you can do about that and she was the weapon but they tricked her into like yeah yeah you have this weapon but you have to use it the way we need you to you know so i thought you know i thought the movie was as far as her powers go i thought that it was probably the smartest thing to do yeah i mean i don't think you could have achieved the thing and i don't know if you agree or not about the fact that you get the scope of what she's capable of, but I don't think, I don't think the payoff there at the end when she can fly and she's kicking ass. I don't know if it's the same. If you don't sort of put a governor on her 
throughout most of the movie. What's funny is that I love the sequence at the end with her flying through, taking out all, all of uh, Ronan's ships and all that shit. I loved all of that. I thought she looked super cool. I actually thought right. the visual effects looked pretty good too. Um, I'm really not gonna fast. lie though her her abilities and her powers um, aren't that interesting to me. Of course, yeah. Like it's actually kind of boring. Yeah. Um. So I didn't think so, that Sir the, Captain America the sequence again. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't really agree with that because you can still you can still put him in a born fight. A, with he's just, a great athlete. You can just put him in a born ultimatum type fight against someone else who can do that, and right. it's cool. I mean, yeah. I mean, visually, he, <laughs> he looks like other things that you've seen, but he happens to just be superhuman. So, you know, I actually thought that the action scene at the end, um, when she went up against the rest of Star Force, I actually thought that it was kind of uninteresting, and it was so played out, like it was just right. her blowing shit out of her hands over and over and over again and they kind of just get right back up right like it didn't really show me how powerful she was it's more of a force she was either holding back or like it just wasn't hurting them that much so the whole sequence was her just doing it over and over again so it's like really how powerful is this like as a fan of Marvel Comics and the MCU and knowing what I know about Carol Danvers, on paper, I know that she's super powerful. But I don't think the movie does a tremendous job actually showing it. So I can't, I'm going to push back on you a little bit because I think that's what you said at the top of right. your discussion here. I She is cool, but I don't think her powers are that particularly interesting. And I actually don't really know. Like... So the other badass thing that she did at the end was she flew through the ship right. and just like ex- flew through Ronan's ship and was taking it out as she. But I think Iron Man can do something like that for sure. So it, it just I know it stands out and I know she's all powerful. I don't think it was depicted that way. So I think to push back on your pushback, I think part of it has to do with the fact that she had just discovered that she could do it like in that moment in time. Um, and I think there was some real rawness to her abilities in, in that moment in time as well. Um, one thing that they did in this movie that, and somebody like Kevin Marks would have to, uh, inform me about this, but it seemed like one of the decisions that they made to sort of showcase her, like unleashing her ability was to, show her going like full super saiyan <laughs> i know it was awesome. and it was cool and i think if you think about it in that context you know maybe some of her abilities and the full extent of her abilities much like the hulk is dependent on her emotional state as well like yeah if someone is taken from her that she cares about is and maybe that's where like in game plays into it is like can she just go full super saiyan god in that moment and just right absolutely demolish everybody. so and to be clear and i'll kind of put a, a pin on this but i think it's more of a direction issue that the sequence is uninteresting i i liked it i didn't dislike her powers and all that kind of stuff but the scene didn't work for me right and i don't think they accomplished what you're saying they did even though that's still okay for me it's less of the fight Right, I think it's less of the fight that's impressive, and more her just going 
no pun intended because it's not applicable, but balls to the wall and just like, just not even caring and just flying through ships and stuff like well, that. But like you know, said, it, it, if you want to spin what Iron I Man said another way around, maybe just to make Star Force a little bit cooler. Like I said, yeah. I don't I don't even know what any of those guys what their powers are. And they might not have powers, but I also didn't see like a badass like warrior. You know what I mean? Like the way that the the fight early on between her and the scrolls and the ship, when she opens the door and then like the giant scroll comes out and it's like just kind of a different level of a scroll. Like if there was something like that, like some kind of big boss or right. Jude Law was like the ultimate threat there, then I don't know, just, just to challenge her a little bit more. Obviously, she's going to defeat them. I think if you just kind of if you have that built in then it becomes more interesting. So, I don't know. That just wasn't there for me. I th- it was probably my least favorite action sequence in the ship. But when she's flying around, being super destructive, I thought that was really cool. Right. For sure. Well, I think we can look back at Thor Ragnarok as a good sort of template to how how they handled it. I mean, his powers, obviously this was his third movie, but yeah. you have that opening action sequence there, and he's fighting like a god. Right. And so there's that. But then we meet somebody even later in the movie, well, a little bit later in the movie, that's more powerful, and he has to find another level to sort of get to that. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it It's going to be interesting to sort of see where Carol Danvers as a character evolves in the MCU because there's so much focus. Well, it seems like there's going to be so much focus on her, and she's going to be such a important character that – you know, as we've seen throughout most Marvel movies, at least, like these move, they find new ways to tell these stories every right. single time. Captain America, Iron Man, Thor are all great examples of that. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it. I do no, agree, and I do predict that we're going going to see her powers evolve. No, not only like threat wise, not only power level wise but visually, I think right. the Russos are going <laughs> to interpret her and depict her in a different light. That will, you know, her character will evolve just like all of these other characters in the MCU have evolved. And, you know, there's great. Okay, you mentioned maybe you're not that interested in Captain America's powers, but I think that what the Captain America movies accomplished so well is just the character work. So that's why I have all the confidence is that they do rely heavily on character work in these movies. So right. they'll they'll figure it out. And, you know, I might be the only person saying that it's just not the highest point. So maybe they don't need to figure it out as much as I want them to, but it's just something that that I had I thought about the second time around. I think the movie was missing a little bit of style too, especially coming off the back of of some of the most stylized Marvel movies we've ever seen. Yeah, like take Infinity War out, but but Ragnarok, Black Panther, of course, even Homecoming. I mean, they just had this. They just had this vibe to them that felt unique to their and Guardians that I it's it's tough because like I, I want to know what that vibe is for Captain Marvel. And I don't know if I have it like I don't think the 90s vibe is enough just to play like Nirvana. <laughs> you know, I didn't think the 90s stuff was too much. I didn't but either. I am on the bandwagon that everyone else is on right now that the No Doubt song took me out. Oh really? Everything else I thought was was fine. I haven't heard that criticism. I've 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 heard it a lot. Really? It's it's just the one time that the soundtrack took you out because. But how it, is that any not, different from again in the beginning of 
Thor Ragnarok, I mean, it was kind of done the exact same way where you had that, a song just blaring, blaring over top it, of the rest of the it's fight not about It's not about a song playing. It's about the fact that it was just so on the nose and it's right. just like not clever. I get that. Um, and it just, that song took me out of it right away. I get that. And so, you know, and I obviously we get why they played it. I don't have to be explained that. I just thought it was the one time where I was just like, oh, anything else but this. Um, I guess I guess how people feel about Sabotage being in the Star Trek Beyond trailer is how I feel about this. For a moment, I thought, and I don't think they, I don't think they did this, or they, I don't think they went for this, but for a moment, especially when she arrived on Earth and she yeah. was in the blockbuster and she went through that that whole bus or tr- uh, whatever train chase scene with Nick Fury, I thought. This is actually kind of cool because it does remind me of night of nineties action I was movies. Of Lethal Weapon or something. Yeah, for sure. Heat, uh, sort of. Um, or uh, what's another one? Bad Boys, another yeah. one. But it that was kind of the only instance of that. Like they never really went back on that. Like anytime, no, they don't. Anytime you see an action movie on a street with like cars scattered everywhere, that's inspired by 90s action movie. Like. <laughs> yeah, Beverly, Beverly Hills Cop, right. 80s movie, and Lethal Weapon. I'm looking at you, Mission Impossible 3. If you're, <laughs> if you're on a bridge <laughs> in an action sequence, what's, what else has done that? Um, Planet of the Apes? Rise of the Planet of the Apes? Yeah, that's yeah. the first one. Um, yeah, the 90s stuff, that's another thing too, going back to what I said earlier. It is so fast and so much is crammed in there, and the reason why I think it never stops moving is because the characters don't even ask questions. Right. Like, you watched Nick Fury discover alien life for the okay. first time, and it was just so damn rapid that so, they were on this, you know? So I took a quick pee break in this movie, and it was when Carol Danvers arrived to, like, I guess the farm of her friend. Yeah. Rambo. Um, That's when I took my first pee break. And when I came back, <laughs> it was not long. And when I came, when I came back, they were just having conversations I, with a giant green guy as if it was no big deal. I was like, what I is had, here? I had a pee break a little bit before that. When I got back is when their conversation at the kitchen table started. So I watched that whole thing evolve, but it was also kind of, not how I thought it would happen. Right. There were a lot of instances where like, oh, that's not how I thought it would happen. I think another example of that, but maybe the one that gets the biggest pass was when she pulls Annette Benning out of the plane and goes, well, I would have believed, or I wouldn't have believed you were an alien, but you have blue right. blood coming out of your face. I, I didn't and, buy Annette Benning in this movie. I don't think she was that great. So I think... I thought she was visually the most confusing the first time I watched it right. because she plays the supreme intelligence and so when and the Marvel. supreme yeah so but when the supreme intelligence comes back up the second time and was like they were talking shit to each other at first it didn't register to me that like she's talking to supreme intelligence not right. Marvel so that was a little bit weird because they show that after they reveal who she actually is. So to go back, like, I think they should have actually shown the Supreme Intelligence. You know what I mean? I agree. I but, agree with that. I don't know, but I don't know that that is a thing because the whole point is that he's represented by whoever, you know, you want him to be. But I feel like in that particular situation, because at that moment, she is the biggest threat to his civilization. Right. Because she wants to go after him. Like, I feel like 
the AI could have had like a final representation at the end and sort of could have confronted her that way. Or I don't know, maybe it could have been Jude Law in there or something like that. Like it, it just kind of confused me there for a while. I, I agree with that. And I think that's a, a good thing to point out. Um, are, are you, are you aware that they kind of changed how all that worked from the comic books? I mean, with, no, <laughs> with Annette Benning as Marvel and, and maybe, Maybe Kevin. Were people saying for the longest time that Jude Law was Marvel? Yeah. So, and I'll get to that in a second. But, um, and maybe Kevin knows of a storyline in the comic books where it was similar to this. But yeah. essentially, from what I know, is that Marvel was Captain Marvel and <clears throat> had these abilities and, yeah, um, came down to Earth and like fought alongside Carol Danvers and essentially kind of like Green Lantern transferred his powers to her when he right. died. And and they kind of just switched that up and flipped it on its head, which don't get me wrong, I think I would still I would have loved to have seen that story because I think it is kind of a cool story, but I get why they did it this way because I think doing it the original way might have taken a little bit of focus off of Carol Danvers. Right. Um you know, but but yeah, I I I'm fine with the origin. How do you feel about her origin story? I mean, that's essentially, I guess, what we're talking about. I, I thought that just conceptually how they handled the entire story was the right way to do it. Yeah. I mean, you're dropped in where she's on. Is it Hala? She's dropped in on Hala right away, and she just doesn't know who she is. Like, I'm glad that it started out that way because right. you're truly coming from her perspective. You don't start out, you know, in yeah. 1989 <laughs> – on the you know airstrip and then she get you know all that shit i like that sort of covert little ops mission they did at the beginning i mean i know we talked about it but it's it's kind of hard to see just yeah it was <laughs> make the lighting a little bit brighter so the thing about that is i kind of wanted more of that i know and we just we didn't get it because that's right. just not where the story went but kind of reminded me of the rock with Nicolas cage <laughs> like when they go in through the water or in just any when, movie oh, where they go that's through the one water. of the coolest shots when yeah. they rise out of the water um I that, agree. that was one of the best shots yeah so um For sure yeah i don't know it was uh i i like the movie i don't think it's a bad movie i i would love to all. see i would have loved to have seen more of that because i don't think there's no way we're going to get it again unless there's like some tremendous flashback to something she did while she was in star force but just the way that it looked it was guardians of the galaxy meets jj star trek mm -hmm. and for whatever reason it still looked new like right. it looked new to me even though we've sort of already established this in other marvel movies and so i did want a lot more of that for sure but uh but it's all good. There, there was a lot of things that I liked in here. And uh, I think maybe you talked about CGI ooze moments. I think. Goo. What, what I, yeah, whatever. Goo. I think C, the CGI moments I'm over are monsters with tentacles. I agree. That's so played out. Yeah. Like in everything. It just <laughs> looks like a video game. Oh, my God. I was so... <laughs> For the first half of the movie, I was sitting there thinking about all of the people that tweeted about Goose being the MVP of the movie, and I remember just getting so mad at those people. Like, I agree. Yeah, Goose was being a cat. Great job, guys. So now I know what they're referencing, having seen how the Flurkin, you know, freaks out and stuff. Right. But for the longest time, I was so angry at Film Twitter who freaked out about this cat. I mean, it's, it's like, about oh, his... because he has a shot of him in the in the plane being taken back by the G Force. It's like, please. It's about as impactful of a character as like Korg is 
in Ragnarok. It's <laughs> and just then like, it's like there's an existing Korg fandom. <laughs> yeah. Like memes and shit. Yeah, I don't know. Um, if, it, if anything, it's less than Korg. I agree. I don't know. Because I don't Korg's a character. <laughs> right. He's like uh he's like that picture of Betty that Cat's America has. He just keeps looking at it. Betty? Is that her name? What's her name? Phyllis? Peggy? Peggy, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um yeah, I, I like I like this movie. I think it has flaws, obviously. Um some technical flaws, but I did enjoy it. I think she's a welcome character in the Marvel or in the did MCU. Do you think the scrolls were goofy? One hundred percent. Like, there's, there's just no way to get around it. Like, I've said it a million times, even I, from the pictures. They look like Power Rangers. Designs, maybe. Yeah, they look like Power Rangers. Yeah, uh, they do. People. I kind of like, wish. I wish Piccolo went that route and. Dra- <laughs> Who am I kidding? I didn't see Dragon Ball. You know what it is? But- Here's what it is. The ears, the pointy ears, they're too far from the head. Just tighten those up a little bit. Just tighten them up. It's also one of those things, and I don't know how you get around this, but it just. <laughs> When you make the head fatter, you can tell that you've made a head fatter. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's in proportion to, <laughs> like, you center around a human face. So the yeah. eyes and the nose and everything's proportionate to a human face. And then the head is bulbous because you've pinned the hair back and then you add a layer of prosthesis. And then the fact that it, I don't know, it was just more fake to me than than other alien characters that I've seen previously. At one point, I thought, like, when Ben Mendelsohn's character met his wife, I guess, the mother of his children, I thought to myself, I was like, I don't know what, like, the attractiveness scale is of these scrolls. <laughs> so, I don't know if he did good or not. <laughs> like, is that, like, a catch? Is he is he punching above his weight with that, with that scroll? I just, I don't know. Do you agree... This is something I said in my review, and I was pretty proud of it. Do you agree with my statement that this is the first Disney MCU movie? Um, it feels like it just feels like it, it, Disney could have made this a movie without it being part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But it's also just the most like it's probably the most like high spirited, and there were even moments that like especially like on the farm in Louisiana. It just felt like a Disney movie based on the relationships with the kids. And like even so when she says goodbye to Monica Rambo, the daughter, and then runs off and flies away, the the way that the music was, it was just so, so Disney. And I thought it was so evident and clear. I don't think I picked up on that specifically. I guess I can kind of see that. Like it's, yeah, I mean, this is like one of the more family friendly just all out family friendly Mar- Marvel movies that I can think of for sure. Um, I, can, I can see that. Yeah. Just an observation. Um, we, we can't leave without talking about our number one, Brie Larson. So she's probably the most polarizing thing about this movie so far. I want to talk a little bit about this because I, th- I think you and I are on the same page, but I don't know what to degree. And so I think this is Brie Larson is the make it or break it factor for this movie. Would you agree? Uh, based on other reactions, mm, like does the polarization pivot on her? Yeah. Um. M- maybe. Like I don't. Th- I don't think that's the case for everybody. But but yeah, I could see where that could be uh, a. A point of contention for sure. So, 
what I'll say about Brie Larson is that I understand why people find her off-putting. I've seen a lot of people just sum up that they think she was flat-out miscast. So Yeah, I don't buy that at all. I don't either. I don't think she was miscast. I think Brie Larson did something with this role. I think she carved out her own personality and her own caricature. She is kind of unlike anyone else in the MCU that we've seen. She... She has like this stoic, dry sense of humor in a way. And I think what it comes down to, the moments where I was like, that right there is her, is when she, she, so they arrive in the bunker and she gets out and he gives her the hat with the logo on it and she puts the hat on and she's smiling to him. Like it, it, like if you froze that frame, she would look like an American hero, right? <laughs> and she was just like, "Is I, I can't remember the exact line, but is wearing your logo on your hat how you stay hidden or other kind of thing in your job?" And the way she smiles and delivers that line with her, you know, shoulders up, and I was like, "That that's the character, right?" Um, there's a couple of other lines throughout the movie, a couple of moments where she just gets to smirk, and I was just like, "That that's this character," and she's so charming and not in any other way that all of the other MCU characters are charming. And I think it's just kind of weird to see someone like that because it's, I don't know. It, I mean, it's, it's weird to see Brie Larson in the MCU in the way that if, if Shailene Woodley ever came into the MCU, like she might be able to pull it off, but it would be weird based on all of the other clout that you have. Right. So I think I, I understand the polarization but I definitely just see her as a unique addition to the to the universe, and I think she pulled off whatever that was. Yeah, I I think it was I think it was good casting, and I think she did the best at what she had. Um, but I don't know if anything particularly about this movie, and I, maybe in flashes it was there, but I don't think anything particularly about this movie really highlighted her strongest, like her strongest point as an actress. Like I think when I think about Brie Larson's, some of her most impactful moments, like they're very emotionally involved moments. Like Brie Larson is the best at Brie Larson is fantastic at comedy, you know, with her work in train wreck. She was on the league, uh, 21 jump street and super (laughs) trauma. Like she's great at trauma and comedy those are her highest attributes like i would love a movie that put those together like so a script i would have even though it just obviously it it wouldn't make sense but uh i would have loved her to act in like the spot the spider-man homecoming script where she has like a lot of quick yeah dialogue to give people but also just like very intense moments like that intense moment with um with Michael Keaton when he's buried under the rubble and, and stuff right. like that. Like it, it needs that sort of juxtaposition to it. And it it's kind of I don't know if well, I'm sure we will get it, but um if anybody can bring out the the best in Brie Larson, it's the Russo brothers. Like without a doubt. They've brought out the best in in Black Panther. <laughs> they've brought- and, and they might bring out the best in Hawkeye. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like with Ronan's character, because he, 
<laughs> he's going to be going through some trauma in that movie. We yeah. might see the best Hawkeye to date because of Russo's. Yeah, I mean, even even uh, you know, I, I think Black Widow and past movies, she's been fine, but I think she's been at her best in Civil War and right, and then in infinity war as well well but, and winter soldier too also by the yeah Russo. i mean she's the second lead almost third lead for, for that sure. movie so um i yeah i think it's i think brie larson i have the acquired taste but i do understand why she's an acquired taste but you you know when you look at movies like spectacular now you can see a little bit of that captain marvel the way she, the way she acts in spectacular now you can see a little where that comes from and uh I don't know. There's just moments where I'm like, oh my God, that is that is who I want her to be. Um, Ralph, after I came home and saw it the first time, Ralph asked me, do you think that there were a couple scenes where she wasn't well-directed? And I do agree with that. I think there are a couple scenes where I'm like, Brie, yeah, honey. I agree. Um, and, you know, honestly, what's weird the, is that- The ones with the supreme so, intelligence, yeah. I thought were so stiff, man. Yeah, and I wonder if that's just the lack of green screen work. But then, but, but what's weird though is he she had the other actor, so who knows? Who knows? Yeah, but, but it's just it just seems like those. There's no way those could have been the best takes, you know? Yeah, I uh, agree with that. I, I am excited to see where where she ends up, and I, so Kayla was with me, and she's she's much more familiar with Carol Danvers' personality, like than probably anybody I know outside of, of Kevin Marks probably, but because she's an alias and, and Kayla read alias and alias is Jessica, the Jones. Jessica Jones. Yeah. Book, yeah. And it's her, it's Jessica Jones, best friend. And, and before we went into the movie, I kind of mentioned some of the criticisms. Captain about, Marvel is Jessica Jones, best friend, Carol Danvers. Yeah. Um, I was mentioning some of uh, the criticisms about Brie Larson that, you know, she might have been too stoic or too dry or, or whatnot. And Kayla was like, "That's that's Carol Danvers, like through and through." Yeah, like she she was apparently the only person that just didn't put up with Jessica Jones bullshit. Yeah, and and would just really give it to her straight, like the, you know. And walk, she loved the movie. And I'm gonna try to do. I might try to do some sort of sit down podcast conversation with her for the Patreon about it just to get her perspective. Obviously as a female, I don't want it to be too like, you know, yeah. Opportunistic in that sense, but also just as somebody that knows Carol Danvers more. Right. Um, but yeah, she really enjoyed it and thought that it was pretty spot on. Uh, last thing. And then we'll head out. Um, how do we feel about this movie in terms of how it impacted the MCU overall? Like what it commented on about previous movies, what it says leading into Endgame, like what stands out to you? It was, yeah, it's kind of strange because in a weird way, if you're an MCU completionist, like this is a must-see movie because it answers so many questions that I don't think were that, like people weren't even really asking. Like, like where he got Avenger for Avenger Initiative? Yeah. Because it's like, it didn't have to be Protector before, but he did, they just threw so, that in there. So Carl actually brought this up to me because I had mentioned it to him um, about that. Like that's one of the revelations. And he, he brought up a good point that wasn't it called the Avenger Initiative because um, of what's his name dying? Of, of, of what's his name dying? Of um, 
Clark Gregg dying. Coulson? Yeah, of Coulson dying. Isn't that what he said? Like, we have to, they were like, we have to avenge him. Tony Stark stands up and said that. Yeah. You, like, isn't that how they got the name? But it was called Avenger Initiative when, oh, yeah, when right. Fury pitches it in like the second movie, Jay. No, <laughs> so, but wasn't in Iron Man. <laughs> wasn't that like a big point in the movie, though? It's just a quote, but it's not yeah. like, oh, that's where they got it. It's just a, it's a quote because What's it's What's that the, guy's name? What's that director's name? Joss Whedon? Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> Anyways. Um, they say it because it's the name of the movie. They're the not or, answering it. The origin of the Tesseract, like, or at least how it got to yeah. Earth, like that that type of stuff. What else is in there? So How Nick Fury lost his eye? Something I picked up on, the, the cloaking device for the spaceship. Mm-hmm. I have to assume that's where they got the tech for the helicarrier. Right. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, I haven't seen anybody else pick up on that. So I hope on the first one. Um, something something about the cat scratching Fury's eye. That didn't hit it for uh, my mom and my sister. They were just kind of like, it was a little, like it was a it was a big stretch. Like they took a long walk to come up with that one. Right. Uh, which I get that. Well, there were so many. <laughs> well, it was kind of a running joke in the movie because yeah. there were so many points where his eye was injured. What's going to do it? Yeah. Yeah. That it ended up being the cat, which I think is funny. But um, Ronan, I felt like was just kind of like I appreciate the effort. Why did he look so different? He looked. Compl- he, just, he just hadn't painted his face yet. That's all it was. He looked awful. Um, that's that was another cue too. The fact that Korath, Digimon Hansu's character, yeah. was part of the Korea. That that was like an instant tell that like something's right. going on here with the Korea. I mean, you might have already known that being a comic book reader, but who knows? Um, yeah, I um. I think the the cu- the questions are now, like, why didn't they do enough with the scrolls? Like, a, why didn't they play with that power more? Right. And two, why didn't they introduce like one of the familiar characters having been a scroll the entire time? Um, and the other thing too is like, why didn't Fury hit the beeper earlier? Like, uh, uh, a lot of people are asking why didn't Fury hit the button in the Avengers? And my gut reaction was. He had the fucking Avengers. Yeah. He had it under control. <laughs> well, maybe not even that, but it's like, he, 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 I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, th- that, that, that thing, that happened. Ultron, I kind of get. Lo- Loki, Loki, and all of that happened in the blink of an eye. So right. I don't think he even considered it just because there's no way Captain Marvel is going to get here in time. Like, maybe if he invaded the world, she right. would have shown up in like a month. And then would have been able to take care of it, but right then and there, he had the Avengers. I get Avengers. I get Avengers one. Um, Ultron makes me a little bit curious because he literally had cities floating in the air. Yeah, but they were, but they had Vision. Like Vision was that. like the hot I, I, the hotness. I, I get that, but but still, as a man, as a man, Nick Fury's got to be like, when is the right time? But I get it for yeah. But then again, did he even really know what was going on? I mean, I guess we see everybody turning to dust. I mean, I was going to say, you could. that's another great question. So he didn't know that it was a global catastrophe at that moment. But maybe it was just a gut reaction, knowing... I mean, maybe somewhere the movie implies that Fury kind of knows what's going on, but I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't think... I really don't think they do. It also just doesn't matter. Well... I think uh, it was Peter Sharetta at Slash Film, or maybe it was Frosty, I don't know, asked Kevin Feige, and Kevin was like, how do you know that he didn't page her all the time? Like, maybe she just didn't answer or show up. So right. <laughs> I was like, all right, come on, Kevin. <laughs> or maybe she did in different circumstances. Yeah. Know. What did you think about, uh, 
what did you think about that end credit scene? Uh, the, the mid credit. Yeah, there's not there's it was not really, a whole lot to take. It from was it, really but, dope. Yeah, I, I just thought it was cool. Do you think about a different outfit? It's, it's pretty straightforward. I didn't notice the outfit. I noticed oh, you didn't her notice style. Oh yeah, outfits a lot different. The I didn't notice she had those big um, shoulder plate things like oh, these really? big plates on her shoulder. It, it was a little bit of like a tighter outfit in the way that um, kind of Captain America's outfit gets a little bit more like the nanotech suits a little bit more slim fitting on him. It's, it's caps becomes a little bit more uh, utilitarian yeah. uh, as it goes on. It's not. It's not the Halloween costume in Avengers. Right. She obviously had different, completely different hair. Yeah. But. That was the other thing. That's the other question I had too. The very first on-set leaked photos where her hairdo is like the super Rachel from Friends, and she's wearing the blue and green Cree suit, but she's like on an airstrip or something. And I'm still wondering where the hell, when the hell that was in right. the movie, because when that first came out, it was so early prior to Captain Marvel filming i was like oh well she's filming her shit for at the time infinity war right is what i thought but she's not gonna have that suit in either i don't know anyway how much are you thinking she's going to be involved in the movie uh the whole thing i did too yeah especially because from what we know of it it seemed to be that that scott lang hadn't showed up at, at that point right and it seems like that's going like scott lang was supposed to show up right after that almost right so yeah and then yeah it's there's a lot to you have to do with her i mean she's gonna have to reconcile like who are you people right <laughs> like what what is it, this it, she's gonna say it took like 12 of you to take my place while i was gone right like that's what it's like honestly yeah if she would have <laughs> stuck around did we even need the rest of them <laughs> no. right oh that's man. pretty funny all right. Anyway, we'll head out of here, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this. Hope you enjoyed it. So keep your eyes peeled for Sight and Sound Weekly, of course, dropping on Monday as per usual. And then you will actually, it's not a weekly, I don't think, this week. It's going to be an after party. So you're going to get an after party on the main feed, and then you'll get your separate weekly after party on the Patreon as well. So keep your eye out for that. And uh, we got a couple of other things planned for the Patreon. Okay. Guys, if you uh, don't contribute to the Patreon, uh, that's all good. But right now, it's kind of functioning fully as another podcast feed. Like, <laughs> our, our Patreon feed, in a weird way, could just be the Sight and Sound podcast feed based on how consistently we're doing this thing. So maybe try it out for a month if you haven't already and, and spend the $5. See if you think it's worth it because we have like four different shows going on right now periodically and we upload i think we can upload like two or three times a week now which is what sight and sound was doing in 2018 so there's that uh, there's a little push do you have anything else you brought the mic back to your face well i was just gonna say that's kind of what the patreon feed is is kind of what we had always intended for it to be so good job to us. yeah all right guys we'll see you on the next one And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. 
That's not veneer, that's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. When it comes to investing in innovation, trust the experts. RoboGlobal provides laser-focused investment portfolios that deliver access to robotics, AI, and healthcare innovation globally. The HTEC portfolio captures the technologies transforming the medical space, providing unique exposure to best-in-class companies. Investors, turn to this diversified approach backed by research from the experts. Learn more today at roboglobal.com slash HTEC.